Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to the What We Said podcast. I'm Chelsea. And I'm JC. And you guys, we're very excited to share that this episode today is sponsored by HBO Max. Stream all 130 HBO Max Emmy nominees now and get caught up before the ceremony airs on September 19th. Can't wait. We'll talk more about that later. But today is going to be a great episode. Happy Tuesday, everyone. We're going to be going all around, the, all over the board in today's episode. Chelsea finally went to Hawaii. That's what people love to hear. We're going to be very distracted this episode. (laughs) Yeah. No, Chelsea's, we got some um, some tea about Mm -hmm. her Hawaii trip, okay? Um, We're going to talk a lot about money. We thought this would be a good conversation. Um, I don't know whether to give the disclaimer now or later that we are not financial advisors in any capacity. We do not claim to be, but we're just kind of going to talk about like our relationship with money and societal pressures, social media and how that kind of affects money yeah. comparison, stuff like that. Just how we feel about money. Yeah. And then, you know, we'll give you a life update on life in the good old OC, which has been amazing so which far. Which has been a dream, an absolute dream. Well, let's start off with all of the Hawaii jokes are now over. Over. They can't be used. They're no longer funny, which is sad. The era has been is gone, but a sacrifice I was willing to make, honestly, because it was- Was it all it was cracked up to be? You know what? The first like morning we got there, I was like, maybe I have too high of expectations for being here. But then as the trip went on, I'm like, no, this is literally amazing. Like as I was swimming in the ocean and the water was just so beautiful, the food, everyone was so nice there. It was just like the best week. And I feel like we were there for the perfect amount of time. We were there one day shorter than we should have been. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Which I, you guys, I I posted this on my Instagram story like two weeks ago when we went. And I was like, I have a story for you guys. An airport Uber story. Actually, it has nothing to do with airport, really. One for the books. And I was texting JC this whole time. And I, we were just like dying laughing. And we're like, well, it's a good story for the pod. Anyways, let's start from the beginning. (laughs) Any, Any hard thing we go through. You know, it's, it's worth content. It. So that's how we exactly. like to look back at it and make it all worth it. Exactly. That's <laughs> the positive side. <laughs> so basically, we booked flights to Hawaii 
um, maybe like a month or two ago. We were super excited. So Nick's parents have a timeshare there. They go all the time. That's why it's part of the joke is Nick's been a million times. Everyone's been a million times. And I'm like, well, why haven't I been invited? So I finally got invited. It was so nice. And we were going to leave on Friday. And so with most flights, you know, especially to LAX, I'm very prepared and I'm like, okay, I know how long it takes. I've done this a million times. You got to be punctual. Mm -hmm. I know how early I have to be to the airport. I know when I have to leave. I know how long the Uber takes. I've done this before many times. So this whole day, we left at, I think our flight was at uh, 5.15. Yeah, 5.15. Wow. Nice. I remember this. Wow. So we basically like all day, we're prepping to leave. You know, it wasn't like we had a 6 a.m. flight and it was going to be so hard yeah, to catch. Yeah, 5.15 like, p.m. Yeah, it's like, okay, we had to be there early in the middle of the day. So we had time to like drop Sophie off at boarding, get our stuff. So I was very prepared. And I was packed the night before. Nick was packed the night before. We were actually like very prepared for Over this trip. Prepared. Yes, we had our COVID tests. We had everything like ready to go. No stress. Until I checked the Uber app, right? As we were about to leave. And I think... Okay. So I called the Uber at 2.30, right? I go to check the Uber app. And also I probably would have checked it at two just to see like what the, you know, traffic situation was. But if you've ever experienced on Uber where you open the app, you check, and then you are like, okay, I don't have to leave for 15 minutes. So you close the app and you open it again. The price goes up. Yes. It's so annoying. Yeah. So I was like, I, I don't want to do that. So I just now only check when I'm about to leave, Mm -hmm. like when I'm ready to call the Uber. So I called the Uber at 2.35. Okay. I have this on record. And the Uber said it would be there in 24 minutes. And Which I was is a like, long time. Yeah. I have never waited more than maybe 10 minutes for an Uber. Especially in LA. There's exactly. just so many Ubers. Yeah. Like there's always a plethora of drivers ready. And so I was like, okay, that's kind of weird to me. And Nick were like, well, should we drive? Like, should we park our car at the airport? I don't know. We were kind of going back and forth. And I'm like, you know what? Even if they're here in 24 minutes, a lot of times they're earlier than they say they are we'll be fine still. We'll have plenty of time. Because let's also think about the fact that it costs a lot of money to park your car at LA. Yeah, exactly. Like it would be hundreds of dollars while you're gone. So yeah. that's not really something that you'd want to do. For sure. So we are like, okay, it'll be cutting it close, but um, we, we can ask the Uber driver to hurry. And, you know, we're, we were in high hopes that it would just work out, right? So I called the Uber. It's taking you know, the 10 minutes goes by and I'm starting to get stressed, even though I know it was going to be 25 minutes or 24 minutes or whatever it said, but I'm watching the car on the Uber app. You know, I can watch it wherever it goes. And this car is just going through this neighborhood and I'm watching the time. It said like 18 minutes left or something. Then I go do something. I come back a couple minutes later. It still said 18 minutes left. And mind you at this time, it is crucial like every minute counts in LA because that traffic gets worse and worse literally by the minute. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching the time of arrival that it says go up and up and up. And I'm like, I'm stressed because we're checking it back. So we have to get there in An time. hour before at least. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like now sweating. I'm like, wait, now I'm stressed. I think we might be late. And so by the time it like, it, it was supposed to be, it was like after 30 minutes, I was like, this driver is still in this neighborhood. It's like going around. I'm like, I swear he's lost. And I had already messaged him at the beginning of the, when you, yeah, when I called him and I was like, Hey, we're in a hurry. Like if there's any minutes you can shave off, like just letting them know we're in a hurry, Mm -hmm. you know? So they get there. We got picked up at three 15. Okay. That's 45 minutes. That's 45 minutes. That we and have that been was, waiting. You did not have that time to no. spare. And by the tw- like by the 30 minute mark where we're, it was 30 minutes, we're like, okay, now we can't drive because now if we 
do drive. It's going to take us longer to park and walk to thing. Like we need this driver to be here now. And every minute counts, you know, when every minute counts, it's so stressful. And there's also no one there or wait. No, we weren't in LA at that point, right? Because I was going to say we couldn't have drive, drove, drove in goodbye. Yeah. We couldn't have driven you or anything. I know. That's what I was even thinking. I'm like, well, we're stuck. Like yeah. we're literally stuck here. We're just waiting for this Uber. Our life is in their hands. Because you also don't want to cancel it and try and get a new Uber. And it's like, exactly. no, 30 minutes. And you're like, okay, screw this. Exactly. So I was stressing. And I don't know if Nick understood it was like every minute either. Because he was like trying to calm me down. But it's also like we've talked about. Sometimes when your spouse is stressed, you take on the role of like the calm one. Yeah. Just because you can't both be stressed. So I'm kind of getting into like Karen mode where I'm like... <laughs> okay, I'm not in a good mood. Like I'm mad at this like customer service app thing. (laughs) Like not necessarily the driver because I think it's mostly Uber's fault because they don't have that many drivers right now. I Mm -hmm. think there's like a shortage of drivers. And so he was like taking longer on his trip. And so I think they're just like doing so many trips one after another. So anyways, we got picked up at 315, right? And how long would you say it usually would take you to get to LAX? Like- from where we mm, lived, it would probably 40. be like, yeah, like 40 to 50 minutes is like mm-hmm. what I would usually expect. Like that's what we usually plan on. Yeah. But then if it's traffic, it's well, worse. Well, if there's no traffic, like 30 yeah. or even less. Yeah, even less. Like 28 minutes. But like in, in the middle, like 2.30 yeah, or it's 3. Yeah, like 40, 45 minutes, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, definitely. So <laughs> in this Uber and first of all, he like kind of pulls up and I'm like, get in the car we got to go. Kidding. Every second counts. I'm like throwing the luggage in. I'm like, we've got to go. And we kind of pull out of my neighborhood. And as we're pulling out of our neighborhood and like bless this man's heart, because, you know, it's funny now and I feel for him now. But in the moment, I was like, goodbye. You are joking me. We're pulling out of this neighborhood and out of our neighborhood. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I have to go to the bathroom. This is going to be a long drive. And I need to go to the bathroom. And we were like, I was like, like, you're like, there's no way. Yeah. And I like look at Nick and I'm like, no, this is what I'm saying. Like my Karen, I was like, literally no, like we're going to miss our flight. But I, and then Nick's like, well, what are we going to say? Like, yeah. not like make you poop your pants <laughs> or pee your pants, you know? So he gets out of the, this man drives into the parking lot of a, of a gas station, gets out of his car, leaves us in the back of his Uber, which I've never experienced in my life. Just like sitting in a, <laughs> for like a little kid. Yeah. And so he runs into the gas station and as he's running, Nick's like, oh my gosh, that gas station does not have a bathroom. Like we live here. So we know. Yeah. So Nick gets out of the car and runs after him. And he's like, that bathroom, <laughs> there's no bathroom in there. You have to go across the street. So I'm like, okay, so then he just, he should just get the hint that it's like, you know, I'm just going to hold it. Right. You know? But again, it's like, I feel bad for him because what else are you supposed to do? Right. If you really have to go that bad. And who knows if he has a freaking medical condition or something. This man starts running across the street, like jaywalking because it's he has to go across the street to like one of the stores. A main road. Let's keep that in mind. A very big main road. And so he's very far away from the car at this point. I'm like, uh, now he's going to have to run back to the car. Yeah, this is taking minutes and literally we're going to be late because of this. Like in my mind, I'm just like, this can't be happening. Like there's just no way. So he goes and Nick comes running back to the car and I'm like, what is happening? And he's like, he has to go. So he's running over to that bathroom. Like, and Nick gets in the driver's seat of the Uber. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, he told me to come around and pick him up. So Nick literally starts driving the Uber car over to pick him up at the Starbucks, like across the street. He's driving this random person. This man has a lot of trust in you as well. He must. I'm just like, (laughs) 
Nick's like, he would be in so much trouble. I have a video of Nick driving the Uber car and I was just cracking up. I was beyond stressed, by the way, like beyond stressed that we're going to miss our flight. But I was cracking up because I'm just like, what is happening? What like, are the odds You are literally this? driving this man's car <laughs> that we've just like, what? So we sit, we're sitting outside of Starbucks and I'm like, okay, he's just going to pee real quick. By the time we pull up, he's going to run out, out and, yeah. you know, maybe we can still make it. Oh no, this man probably had to go number two. Maybe was even having a hard time doing so because I'm not kidding. It took like 10 to 15 minutes and we nope, were just sitting done. there waiting. And I'm like, sweat is dripping down like my sides, my forehead. I'm like, Nick, we're screwed. We're actually screwed. We're going to, like, I can't believe it, but we're going to miss our flight, even though we had all day to prepare for it. Like all of a sudden it's just showtime. Stress central. Yeah. So I'm stressing out. I'm texting JC the video and I'm like, can you believe <laughs> that this is happening? Like, I'm literally like, you will not believe what just happened to us. And so we start, he comes back in. He's like, I'm so sorry again. It's like, what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I, Nick is very nice. Not unfortunately. Unfortunately, I'm mean and Nick's nice. So I was just kind of like not in a good mood. And I'm not like, it's fine, sir. I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm not rude, but I'm just not really saying anything. Yeah. And Nick's like, okay, we have to go. Like we're, we're in a hurry. So we start driving. I'm watching every second, like the time of arrival on the thing. And I realize we're going to miss the check, like the cutoff for checking bags. Yeah. And we have the checked bag. Like it's Nick's golf stuff and like my toiletries and a bunch of stuff. And so we're like, okay, now we're kind of stuck because now we're headed to the airport. We have a checked bag. We're not going to be able to check it. So we either take the flight and leave the checked bag in the freaking lobby of the airport. And just like say sayonara to it. Or we're like, maybe we can ship it to us like from the airport. So we're calling yeah. the airport. We're like, can you guys please make an exception? They're like, if you will be here 10 minutes after, we can maybe get it in. And we're like, at this rate, probably 20 minutes after the, the cutoff time, which I cannot stress you enough is just shocking that we were like 20 minutes late to the whatever. Anyways, so we're calling and we're like, okay, maybe we can ask him to take the check bag back to our apartment because it's kind of his fault and mm -hmm. we don't want to miss our flight. So we like start asking him, but he doesn't really understand us that much. And so we're like, okay, that's fine. Like just never mind. Like let's just keep going. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll just beg the whatever. I'm pregnant and maybe they'll have mercy on us, you know? So we get there at 4.45. He picked us up at 3.15. We got there at 4.45, almost oh. two hours later. Oh my gosh. And mind you, I called it at 2.30. So this was like a two-hour, 15-minute experience when it was supposed to be maybe 50 minutes at the most. So, you know, when you leave yourself an hour, you think that's totally fine. Right. Little did I know. So we, anyways, we get up to the counter and we're like, please take our bag. And he's like, honestly, at this point, I mean, like they're already boarding your flight. So I don't even think you'll make it and we can't do anything about it. And so I'm just like, kill me. So we're sitting in the airport and I, at that point, I had like frustration tears where I'm just like, I was so stressed for two hours that it like, you know, when you just get frustrated for so long that it just comes out where yes. I'm just like, I hate to be this person like crying at the airport, but I'm just like, God does not want me in Hawaii, obviously. <laughs> so Nick has other plans for you. Yeah. Luckily Nick was so sweet. And and the guy was like, did I do like, okay, I'm so sorry. And we're like, you know what? It's fine. The Uber. You, yeah. Driver. You can't help that you had to go to the bathroom, but it is your fault. Your fault that yeah. we missed our flight, basically. And that cost us hundreds of dollars because we had to reschedule our flight for the next day. 
I was not about to take a Uber back home for the night. We'd already dropped Sophie off and then have to Uber back the next day. And also Ubers are very expensive. Like when you're yeah. going to the airport, it's literally $100. Yeah, so, it would have been hundreds of dollars. So it's like, it's not even worth it. No. Me. So we were like, let's just take the shuttle to the, to the, there's a bunch of hotels like right by LAX mm-hmm. that you just take a free shuttle to. So we're like, let's just have fun. Like go to one of these hotels, spend the night in LA and then wake up the next morning. And we had to check out at 12, but our flight wasn't until five again. So we were like at the airport for hours and hours. Amazing. But I finally got to, <laughs> to Hawaii and it did work out. And thank you for, that was a long story. Sorry, it was like the whole episode. But anyways, it was beautiful and fun and we had an amazing time. I forgot about the Uber story while we were there. I forgot about that whole fiasco. In so. the moment, doesn't it just feel like your whole world? I mean, yes. I remember how stressful it was for me to get to Hawaii as yes. well. And I had a similar experience where we almost missed our flight. We were yeah. like seconds away from missing our flight. And it, it's an other and it also experience. had to do with Ubers. And it's so stressful. I feel like LA traffic, you really do have to allow yourself so much extra time yeah. for things going wrong. And that you just was have just to a accept- weird experience that yeah. you had. But yeah, with traffic, it just will go from being a 30-minute drive somewhere to somehow almost an hour. And you're like, what? Yeah. I did not plan for this. And it gets longer and longer and longer. It's mm-hmm. so crazy. You never know how to read it. So you're either going to be like an hour early. You just have to accept if you want to be on time, you're either going to be an hour early or on time. You just never know. Yeah. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. If you leave at the same time. Okay, you guys, the pro collagen cleansing balm from Elemis is next level. Such an amazing, amazing product. I just opened a new jar of it actually. And I did like an aesthetic video of it because it literally looks and feels like butter. It is the most amazing texture. I found out about this from the Skinny Confidential. We stan a queen. And it's basically just this amazing balm that is like very nourishing. It removes your makeup as a cleansing oil and it hydrates like a cleansing milk. So it's not going to strip your face of everything and make it feel like super dry after, you know, sometimes when you take your makeup off and it just feels like very yes. tight and dry, this is going to keep your face really hydrated, which is amazing. And it feels like a spa in a jar. It just smells like lavender, chamomile, eucalyptus. Like you're going to be obsessed. So what is Elemis? Elemis is the number one luxury British skincare brand that believes in truth in beauty. With a foundation in aromatherapy, a belief in science, and a passion for nature, the luxury skin wellness brand has created powerful results-driven products and skin-friendly formulations for over 30 years. Elemis believes in skin wellness, proven results, feel-good skincare, and transparent innovation. We love to see it. So we love Pro Collagen Cleansing Balm so much. We want you to try it too and for almost 20% off. So visit Elemis.com and enter code what we said 20 to enjoy 20% off full-sized products. That's code what we said 20. Go check it out. Taking a quick little break to talk about Brooklinen. You guys have heard about Brooklyn on this podcast before and how amazingly soft and amazing and just cloud-like all of their products are. But I'm going into my third trimester and things are starting to feel uncomfortable, okay? So the only things that I wear are soft, comfortable clothes that I can wear around the house. And I have this Brooklinen loungewear set. It is amazing. It's black, obviously. Just, you know, slim me down a little bit. And it fits. It's stretchy. It's comfortable. I wear it to bed. I wear it around the house. It's a dream come true. I have a little gray and white Brooklinen striped t-shirt that I wear to bed as well. That is so, so soft and comfy. I'm sorry, but like fabric is everything. When you're going to sleep, it's got to be the right softness, the right fabric, and they've got it down. 
So Brooklyn has been listening to what we all need most and they responded with ultra comfy loungewear at a fair price. This loungewear has classic cuts and no zippers for limitless comfort that you can pull off in real life so you can luxuriate in coziness all day. They also offer bundle deals on loungewear so you can get more comfort for less money. And if you're looking for more ways to enhance your comfort, you can check out Brooklinen's candles, eye masks, and accessories to properly celebrate your chill. They have over 75,000 five-star reviews and counting. This is such an amazing company. I love them so much. They have so many awesome products. And if you're obsessed with like a cozy nighttime routine, you're going to love them so much. So go on, get comfortable, and get it for less at Brook Linen. Go to brooklinen.com and use the promo code what we said to get $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code what we said for $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's brooklinen.com, promo code what we said. Um, well, happy you can finally, you finally went to Hawaii. Your photos yeah. were very beautiful. Thank you. It was a great baby moon. Yes. So fun. Life in Orange County has been great. Uh, I feel like that's all there is to say. <laughs> yeah. It's just been so awesome. Yeah. We live so close to each other and I feel like we're both kind of finally getting settled in. Totally. And it's been so nice. Yeah. We got home at like midnight from Hawaii and we found out we were moving the day before we left for Hawaii. So we had no time to pack. And then we packed up the next day all day long, drove the truck down moved in. And so we've been in our new place now for a couple days. And Nick said the same thing. He's like, Leif was right. I just can't stop smiling here. <laughs> like, it's just paradise. He came in. He's like, this is paradise. I'm like, yeah. I know. It's just such a different Different vibe than we've been in for mm -hmm. a while. For sure. Different environment. Yeah. Yeah. It's I been loved fun. it. And you know what I watched this morning actually is I've been leaving my door open, feeling like, you know, the ocean breeze of the OC. And I finally, I know I'm late to the game, but I watched the Friends reunion. So good. I was not expecting to cry. I oh. thought it was gonna be like a fun time. And it was like so sentimental. Same. I cried watching it as well. Uh, it, did you watch Friends when you were little? No. Um, here and there, I remember my parents like or my mom it. watching it, but I definitely didn't watch it, watch it until the past like year or two. Like I've yeah. binged, I, I binged all of it and watched all the seasons. Like I, we actually, Leif and I just officially finished Friends right before the reunion. Mm. Like literally maybe oh, two perfect. days before the reunion. Yeah. Cause I didn't watch it when I was little, but I, same exact thing. I used to see my parents watching it. And mm -hmm. so every once in a while I knew it was on. And then I watched it after I got married as like my comfort show. Mm -hmm. Like after I would watch Criminal Minds or yes. something. It's just such a feel-good show. And then on the reunion, they kind of had that segment about it where, like, those people were like, this show has literally saved me. Like, it always makes me laugh. And yes. I'm like, that's crazy. That's a universal feeling. Like A that very universal feeling. It, that show just makes you feel so good. And it's so, like, lighthearted and just feel good. It's like the ultimate feel-good show. Yes. So I watched it on HBO Max, which I just found out I've been subscribed to for literally months and I haven't been taking as much advantage of it as I should have because I was looking through all of the shows and I was like, okay, I've been missing out on some. <laughs> I've been paying for this and yeah. not watching them. And missing Amazing. out on some quality no. uh, TV, but. HBO Max has so many amazing shows and Friends has been on there for a while. Like that's how we were watching Friends um, and finishing up the series. And then when the Friends reunion came out, obviously we watched that. And the reunion is actually nominated for an Emmy. They have- Four Emmys actually. Four Emmys. And I think they have- HBO Max has like 130 different shows that are nominated for Emmys. 
or different Emmy nominations. Yeah. I was just telling Chelsea, I'm like, okay, well, you already had HBO Max that you didn't realize you were paying for. So you need to watch. I have two recommendations and it's for all of you guys too. Maybe you've seen these because they're very popular, like people listening. But The Undoing and The Flight Attendant are both of my recommendations. I've heard so many people talking so highly yes. of them. Also, Beth just texted us today and was like, oh, this was this is another one that you guys need to watch. And it's also on HBO Max. I'm going to go, I'm going to find the name of it because she texted us in our group message and she said, let me see. Oh, she said, P.S. Mayor of Easttown is so good. You would love it. Gives me similar undoing vibes. It's a murder mystery trying to figure out who killed this teenage girl. Oh, I feel like we would both I love, love a murder that, mystery. But I haven't seen that one. So I, that's on my list now. Thank you, Beth. But the undoing is basically like this couple who it's like all set in New York and they like live this, you know, pretty glamorous, nice life and stuff. And then the guy, the husband gets accused of like killing this girl in town. And um, then there's like different suspects that come up and whatever, but he's basically like, I did not do that. And so it's just this whole show of trying to figure out like, did he or did he not? Or And you're led in so many directions. It's Really, really good. And then the flight it's like one attendant, of those back and forth shows where it's like one episode, you're like, oh, he's for sure guilty. And oh, the next yes. one, you're like, oh, he's for sure innocent. Yes. Like the whole time, I just could not, uh, I was so conflicted in me and life. like, or like, what is it going to be? And it kept me on the edge of my seat. So good. And then the flight attendant is kind of a similar, not similar, but it's like a murder mystery ish type show because it's about this flight attendant who, goes to, I think like Bangkok on a flight. And then while she's there, she like kind of parties and like, you know, she's drinking and stuff. And the next morning she wakes up and she's next to a guy. Oh. And no, no, no. And she looks over and he's dead. And his throat (laughs) is like slashed. And she's like, um. And then she freaks out because she's like, I didn't do, like, what? Like, it's just him and her, and he's dead, and literally has. What? And so she's like, uh, there's no way I did this, but I literally can't remember last night. And so she just freaks out, and she, like, just cleans up the whole crime scene because she's like, I don't know what else to do. And she just leaves back to the U.S., and then, like, it's kind of like, you know, people oh saw gosh. them together. And so you're trying to figure out, like, what happened to this guy? And then she just, all throughout the show, her memories are, like, piecing together. Like, she remembers certain aspects. She's like, oh, I remember that I was with him. Then, like, I remember this part <gasps> of it. Scary. And, but what I liked about The Flight Attendant is that there's a lot of comedy in it. So, oh, it's not super dark heavy. and heavy. Anyway, so you need to watch both of those when you get a second. And now we both need to watch The Mayor of East Yeah, that sounds so good. Yes. You would love both of those ones. Yeah, I do need to watch. I also, I, I'm rooting for the Friends reunion to win their Emmys. Oh, I would love that. I, I just I think love it would be Friends well so much. And you know, you know how some people just, you either don't think Friends is funny or you think it's funny. You know how- Yeah, and I was thinking about those people I was watching the reunion. I'm just like, how do you not love this? Like David Beckham was on the reunion. Just Mindy Kaling. It's like, obviously people taste like the show. Yes. So if you it's don't think it's funny, you're just trying to be different. Show. And I get it because there are certain moments where it's like cheesy humor kind of, but- it's just so good. It's like also, he says the ultimate feel good. Yeah. Also the it. bond that that cast has. I'm just like. Next level. It, it actually is rare to me that there's none. Well, maybe there is and they didn't, you know. But it seemed like. Drama free. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like they were pretty honest like on the show or, or like in the interviews and stuff, even with James Corden and stuff where they were like, no, we just genuinely all when we see each other, we catch up and 
we just like spend all night talking because it's just like no one understands like we do. You and can I'm like, feel oh you can feel how special their bond yeah. is. And when they went back on the set. Oh, I literally bawled. Yeah. No, it was so sweet. Ugh. Um and they're all so stunning. And like, I mean, I'm speaking mostly of the the girls, but they are beautiful still. Yes. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys aged like fine wine. Yes. I mean, and the guys did too, but we don't. Who cares about the boys? Eh, who cares about men? Yeah, you guys should definitely check it out if you haven't already. Huge thank you to HBO Max for yes. sponsoring this episode. We love the streaming platform. I'm telling you, they have so many good shows. You guys have to go check it out. Um, remember that the Emmys is on September 19th, and you guys can sign up for HBO Max now to get caught up on the platform's Emmy-nominated titles before the ceremony. So go check that out if you're interested. Now should we get into our money segment of today's episode? Yeah, I'm so excited to—well, we've been po- podcasting now for like 20 minutes, but I'm just excited to podcast because it's been a, it's been a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Because we batched a, a few episodes because we were moving, Chelsea's in Hawaii. But yeah, we just wanted to talk about money a little bit, finances. I feel the need to give yet another disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. We are not please. financial gurus or experts. And the point of this episode wasn't really to give you necessarily like, you know, investing tips and financial advice, because I think there are a lot of truly better sources that you guys can find that information from people who are experts exactly. and who have a lot of experience in that field. But I feel like, you know, we offer a unique perspective in some ways and we just kind of wanted to talk about a lot of different stuff. Yeah, how we feel and then also just like what we're doing to, I mean, I can't speak for you, but like what I'm doing to improve my financial situation situation and also my relationship with money and not saying it's going to make you the richest person in the world, obviously, Mm -hmm. but, you know, take it for what it's worth. I don't know if this goes along with your timeline of things, but… I'd like to dive right on in with the fact that, well, I was just going to say, to start off, I feel like this is a conversation Chelsea and I have been having a lot recently, is like the conversation about, gosh, we could go in so many different areas with this, but kind of like what social media does to our brains and our mental health. Yes. And- And rots them. Just the fact that basically if you, this is how we feel at least, is like, if you rent currently, or like if you haven't bought a house yet, it's kind of like, ooh, what are you doing? Like that's your that dummy. seems to be the end all be all in people's mind. It's like, oh, well, have you bought a home yet? Um, oh, when are you gonna buy a house? Like, of course, I get why people ask me that because I feel like I've openly said, like, oh, we want to buy a house mm-hmm. soon. Um, and so people be like, oh, you bought the house? Did you buy it? Oh, you're just renting. Like they're almost disappointed that I'm renting. It's more, you know, which again, yeah. I understand because people maybe hope that we bought this house so we could like renovate it and they could see that content or something. But I feel like it's a thing on social media that like buying a house is just the cool thing and the best thing you could do with your money for some reason. Like I feel like that is just the end all be all in people's eyes. For sure. And I actually was listening to The Skinny Confidential on my plane ride home. I was listening to their episode with Ramit. Do you know his last name? I don't. know how to say it. And it was so good. And I, because me and JC have been talking about this a lot because both of us were looking for places in OC and we were like trying to move and rent. And we had this whole conversation about credit and just like, I was feeling just frustrated with the entire 
financial structure of the country, basically. Yeah. And just how things work and how like frustrated I get with myself and all these weird things. So I was listening to this um, episode and it was so good. And Jace listened to it too. And it I haven't was, listened to the whole thing yet, but I'm excited to because what yeah. I heard of it was awesome. And I loved because sometimes I get tired or exhausted from some self-help content, like especially around money because sometimes it gives me anxiety. If they're saying you need to be saving this much and you didn't need to be investing this much and you need to have a house by the time you're 20 and you need to like invest, invest and save, save, save and not buy, you know, stupid little things. It's like, right. it gives me so much anxiety because it feels so unattainable. unattainable. So I was a little worried to listen to it. But like one of the first things he said was, I'm not going to tell you to stop buying lattes. Like your $7 latte you're like, okay, it's not ruining your yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, okay, I already feel good about this. And then the episode overall was very positive and uplifting and made you feel hopeful, which is how I want to feel surrounding mm-hmm. money. And I took so many notes because they broke. You need to listen to the episode. It was a couple weeks ago at this point, mm-hmm. but it was with Ramit. It, and it I, says like, Ramit will teach you to be rich, I yes. think is how it was. And he broke it down so well, like what bank accounts that he likes to use, what investment accounts to use. And it was in um, like a context that you could understand. That wasn't just like- Yeah, digestible. Yeah, exactly. So I was taking tons of notes and feeling very motivated by Mm -hmm. it and also feeling like my relationship was being healed as I was listening to it because I was having, I was almost getting reassured of how I actually feel deep down about money. But- like we were saying, social media almost makes me feel like I should care more about money. Like I should want to buy a house. Like I should want to, you know, have boats and have multiple properties and have, you know, the newest car and the newest clothes and all these things. When deep down, and I feel like maybe like you feel the same way. It's like, I actually don't want those things. Like I want a comfortable house. I want a comfortable living. I don't want to stress about money, but I I know that it won't make me happy to have just billions of dollars. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I mean, obviously millions would be, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm just would be nice. But you know what I mean? It's uh-huh. like to live in a place where I want to live, to be surrounded by people I You just love. want to live your best life. It's not like you need a yacht. It's like- Exactly. And I think for me, you know, I see other people that have the same job as me, right? People that are influencers that buy, you know, million dollar houses or houses that are multi-million dollars in California. And I'm like, oh, dang. Like, you know, sometimes I start to feel like, wait, what the heck? Like I have a similar job to them. I should be making similar money. So it's like, how are they, you know, buying their, on their second home already that's millions of dollars. Like I'm not even in a position where I feel comfortable buying a house yet that I would want or that I can buy in California because they're so expensive. And I feel like even people will be like, why don't, wait, why don't you just buy a house? And I'm like, what do you mean? That's so expensive. (laughs) That's the biggest purchase of my life. Yeah. Especially in California, like they're millions of dollars. So it's not just a little purchase that I'm going to be making, you know, on the fly. But I just think, yeah, we live in this world where it's like, it's just very easy to compare yourself to other people and what you see. And you see people buying houses constantly. And I'll see people that buy houses in other places too, I just start to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm behind like because I'm still renting when really it's not no a big deal at all. And, and we're 26. No. So that's the craziest part is that we feel that way because we're so young still. 
Exactly. The fact that we feel like we should have bought a house already. And again, that that's the end all be all. And that's the smartest thing you can do with your money when, yeah, it's a, it could be a good investment, but it's actually like a lot of times it's actually great to rent and it's actually smart to rent, or maybe you literally have no choice and there's nothing wrong with that. I just no. want people to know it's like, just because you haven't bought a house net yet, you're not a loser. The scum of the earth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they talked about that in that episode a lot. And in the title, it says rent versus buy. And I was kind of nervous because I'm like, great, I'm going to feel, I, we just started renting a place, like literally just applied and, you know, yeah. signed a lease. And so I'm, am I going to feel like a complete and utter idiot? Yeah. When they're just like, when you're they're throwing like, your money away. Exactly. You're like, Because that's what you always hear. And that's what they talk about. You're throwing your money away if it's renting. But I was pleasantly surprised that Michael and Ramit were both saying, they agreed that renting is actually, can be a smarter choice sometimes. And it's not the only way you can invest. And that's the important thing. Yes, it is an investment. And yes, you can make money. To buy a house. Yeah, to yeah. buy a house. But it's not the only way. And mm-hmm. you can actually, and again, I'm not saying it's, I'm not a like- A bad investment yeah, you by any means. buy a house, obviously. No. But he was saying they were both renting until, you know, they were very comfortable. Even when they were making good money, they were like, we're still renting because it's just like we did the numbers and it just makes sense for us to rent. And sometimes when you have a house, it actually isn't profitable when you actually look at the numbers because of all the things that you're liable for. You know, when you're renting, you call your landlord, your fridge fix, you call your landlord. There's pros and cons. Yeah. You're responsible for all that when you buy it, which again, yeah, there's pros and cons to it. And that's what people need to understand though, is that it's not it's not always the smartest decision, actually. Like, yeah. it depends on people's finances, their situation. Where you live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was saying, it's so interesting that people, there's like propaganda to buy a house that it's like, real estate, like, if you're not investing in real estate, you're a stupid idiot. And it's yeah. like, you know what? That's just not the only way to live a rich life is mm-hmm. to just be a real estate monger because- they want you to own, 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 own and like take a bland and, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, maybe that's not what you want. Like mm-hmm. maybe you don't want to just have all these liabilities. Properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was saying, when you pay for something, you're paying for value, you know, mm-hmm. so, whatever you think value is, maybe it's your time, maybe it's convenience, maybe it's luxury, whatever it is. You don't go to a restaurant and when you're eating the food, you're like, I can't believe I'm paying the chef's bill. Like, I can't believe I'm paying more than if I made this at home. I mean, maybe you are, but he was saying, that's not what you think because you're just paying for the experience experience of it, the food. Yeah. I always talk about that with life when people say you're throwing your money away. Like we were talking about living here where we live right now, where we're renting. We're like, granted, we've lived here for two seconds. So, you know, maybe call me in six months. But I was saying- I would never, and I don't even feel that way about any place we've lived. I don't feel like I threw my money away because no. I was living the life I wanted to live. That's how I feel here too. It's like, I'm putting my money towards living in a dream place in a beautiful home. That's not throwing my money away. That's literally living no. my best life. Also, it's like money is energy and it gives like, you want to have good energy surrounding what you're doing. So if I'm here complaining every day, oh, I can't believe I'm still renting. Like, I can't believe I'm I'm just paying my, my landlord's bills. Yeah, I'm throwing my money away. It's like, well, then I'm not going to have that great of an experience. Or I can say, oh my gosh, I'm putting this money towards living my dream life in this beautiful location yeah. that I love so much. That is not a waste of my money, yeah, in and- my opinion, because I'm living yeah. my best life. Exactly. And Something that I always like come back to again, like when I really think about how I feel about money, when I get rid of all of the like intrusive thoughts that come in about money of the shoulds and the comparison is like exactly like you said, it's energy that, that you're putting out and that you get back in and it's just ever flowing. 
when you try to hoard it, when it's like, I'm, I need to save money. I need to make so much more money. I need to like more, 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 more for me. It's like, well, what are you hoarding that money for eventually? Mm-hmm to spend it or or just to die with it in your bank account. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, what is that money even for? Like what, and that's what they talk about on the podcast too. It's like, what is a rich life to you? You know, if that is drinking a latte every day, great. See what you can do to make sure that you can afford to like have a $7 latte every day mm-hmm. and look at your finances. If it's to go out to eat places, that's totally fine. If it's to travel, if it's to have a house, like that's fine. That's mm-hmm. how you want to live. And that's why you're making money, not to hoard your money and just sit on it for the rest of your life until you die. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it's great to have money savings. And we can talk about that as well, but not, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it's like not definitely. a plethora of just money. You don't even know what to do with. It's like, we all get mad at Jeff Bezos where it's like, why do you have so much effing money? And like, why you could be doing so much with this. But then we tend to do that in our own personal lives as well. Sometimes if you get too crazy about saving or you get too anxious about it. And then all of a sudden that's what your life revolves around is Mm -hmm. saving money for nothing. We're talking about one of our favorite sponsors, Green Chef. Green Chef takes care of meal planning, grocery shopping, and even some food prep, giving you more time to tackle back to school season. Choose from 30 easy to follow recipes every week with options for keto, paleo, and plant-powered diets, as well as meals to help you eat in a more balanced way, which is absolutely fantastic. They use organic veggies and high quality proteins, which is a given. You know, time is money, baby. Okay. I hate going to the grocery store and like just, you know, browsing the aisles, getting all the ingredients and prepping it all, honestly. So Green Chef saves you so much time and it's such great quality and healthy, yummy, yummy food. Um, I see on one of their menus coming up this cauliflower and kale salad with like garlic oil. It looks so good. And pitas also. Oh, I Doesn't love that a pita. sound amazing? Leif and I love to make these meals together because it feels like a little cooking experience, but everything's really done for you. So it's really best case scenario. So go to greenchef.com slash what we said 100 and use code what we said 100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. That is greenchef.com slash what we said 100 and use code what we said 100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Go check it out. Well, that podcast episode is what spurred me to ask the question on and to really think about this because I have found myself lately kind of justifying my purchases or making excuses for why I'm spending my money the way I'm spending it to other people when in reality, I'm comfortable spending my money how I'm spending it, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't think I'm wasting my money at all on the things I buy. I Have I made stupid decisions and purchases? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> but but day to day, it's like, I'm, you know, comfortably spending my money how I want to spend it. But then I feel the need to make excuses or explain why I'm spending that money because people will say things like, oh my gosh, like you spend way too much money on food or clothes or like, do you ever cook at home? You know, they make comments like that, which make me feel like, oh, like Like I'm being dumb. Yeah. I'm being stupid. Like I need to, not even that, like I shouldn't spend that much money. Cause again, I don't care, but I feel like I need to explain to them. Well, you know, we're in the middle of moving. So that's why I'm just like, you know, eating out a lot. And then like, don't worry, I'm not dumb. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of got down to the root of it. I'm like, I shouldn't have to explain myself to anyone period about my money decisions. And I'm kind of done doing that. Like, 
you know, I bought like a desk and uh, an office chair and it wasn't super cheap. And I felt I didn't even want to like link it or be like, here's what I bought. Cause I just don't want people being like, why would you spend that much on like a mm-hmm. desk? When to me, again, it's value to me because that's where I'm going to be editing all my photos and videos. I know I'm going to be sitting there, you know? So to me, I don't, I know it's not a dumb, a dumb purchase, Yeah, but then I feel like, oh, I don't want people to judge me and be like, why would you spend that on that? That's so dumb. So then I just won't post it. Cause I'm like, well, I don't want people to exactly. think I'm stupid. And it, it's like, Either it's a double-edged sword when you share stuff like that. And that's why people don't talk about their money because they either feel judged like you're making the wrong decision or they feel like they're bragging. Like, oh, look what I just bought. That was so expensive when it's like no one cares. So either way, you just feel dumb for sharing. And I think that's, it's caused this like almost toxic, I don't know, just financial bubble, especially on social media is no one knows how much money other people make. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, okay, well, this influencer you know, has this piece of furniture, has this shirt, has these shoes that's at thousands of dollars. Maybe I should get that too. Like maybe I should be able to afford that. Why can't I afford that? And it's like, you don't know how much they make. You don't, you know. You don't know if they're in massive debt. You don't know if, it yeah. doesn't matter, but it's just like, you don't know anyone's financial situation. So you're just you comparing never yourself. Compare. Yeah. yeah. You're just comparing yourself to the outer shell. You have no clue what's going on behind the scenes. And so you have all of these, at least this is just coming from me. I'm saying you guys, but this is literally me. It's like, I'm like, should I be able to afford that? Why can't I afford that? Why can't I afford more designer pieces when, like you said, like they have the same job as me and, you know. All they wear is designer, so. Yeah, and how are they affording that? Are Mm -hmm. their parents paying for that? They must be, you know. They can't just be that good with their money. Right. And then I start being like, well, why can't I, you know. And I was even talking on my Instagram Live this morning because Instagram stories won't let me upload anything with sound, by the way. That's why I never talk to my stories anymore because… Instagram doesn't literally took away my voice. <laughs> Quite literally, the voice um, feature. Amazing. Yeah, but I was like showing our new apartment. I was saying, I have to get a new couch. I have to get a new coffee table. I have to get new rugs and new bed frames. And it's just thousands of dollars. So expensive. And I find myself going on Pinterest or Instagram and like going and looking at what other people have. I mean, like, oh, I need this. I need this rug. Like this rug's so cute. It's so whatever. And it's not even at that point about the quality because yes, I do believe in buying, you know, quality pieces that maybe probably cost more. But then I really take a look in, <laughs> into my soul and I'm like, I'm literally doing that for external validation and external validation only. Like, what do I actually like? What do I actually want? I want, you know, a couch that's comfy. I want a couch that, you know, I enjoy looking at when I come in, but it doesn't need to be like, I want a couch that will get me 10,000 likes on Instagram mm-hmm. or like make me go viral unless that's just my sole purpose in life, which it's not. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not an interior designer. <laughs> Don't really care to be. But I think a lot of people kind of get stuck in that in social media because I find myself asking, we talk about this all the time. We see influencers staying in places like on vacation, buying these new clothes. And we're like, I just How did the, the math. Heck? Yeah. And that outfit was thousands that of dollars. It was $10,000 for one outfit. Like it's so confusing. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe they're returning it after they wear it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they got it as a gift. I'm telling you, you never know the full picture. It, like, you never know. And that's what I was saying even with people buying houses. And it's not a bad thing, but a lot of people, their parents do help them or they have family money or, you know, I'm not saying that that's always the case because some people really do just make great money and they can afford it and they've saved and whatever. But you just never know. So it's not worth comparing your situation to anyone else's because… You don't know the full yeah. story anyway. You have no idea what the picture is. 
No, and everybody tries to keep up with looking cool. It's like, it doesn't mm-hmm. end in high school when you try to like impress people. It's like, it goes on your entire life. You're always trying to like keep up with the Joneses or keep up with everybody on TikTok or Instagram who does these, like they'll do these hauls of them going shopping at Aritzia and they've spent thousands of dollars and you're like, How? oh, this is what normal, okay, normal people are doing this? Like, so I'm just, again, scum of the earth because I can't <laughs> spend thousands of dollars at Aritzia. Yeah. So anyways. I, I think in general, I just saw um, this girl I follow too. Her name's Julia. She posted, it wasn't about money or anything, but she was just talking about social media in general and how she feels like we just take in so much content every day that it makes it hard to have your own thoughts and be creative. And like, you start to think kind of like you said, you're looking at rugs and you're like, oh, but is this cool for like, is this going to be cool in photos? Like you start kind of living your life in that mindset of- For other people. For other people or Instagram. She was saying like, sometimes I- don't want to buy certain things or like put certain outfits together in a way because I'm scared that I'll look chuggy. Like I'm scared that people will be like, that's not cool. So she's like, then I realized that, you know, the best thing to be is like your authentic self. And if you're molding yourself around, Ooh, is that going to be considered chuggy? Is that weird? Do people not like that? Oh, but is that too similar to that other? Like all of that, then you're not even being your true self because you're so bogged down by other people's opinions and stuff. Yeah. You, you lose your own sense of inspiration and yeah. intuition and your like creativity. Yeah. I find myself doing that all the time. Even when I was just doing my planning out my family room, I was talking to JC. I'm like, I let like Pinterest and Instagram dictate my style when I'm like, is that even what I like? Mm-hmm. Do I even like that style? Do I even want a pastel rug or do I just like more neutral and like more darker colors? Like, right that's okay if that's not the trending thing right now. And I find that with a lot of different things where it's like, I'll spend money on an outfit that I'm like, why the heck did I just spend $200 on this thing when I wear it once and I'm like, this isn't even me. Like, I don't even really like this, but I knew that it would be cute on, you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. on Instagram. So it's just a trap. Definitely. Instagram's a trap. (laughs) I'm like, get off there. Unsubscribe (laughs) to us. You need to get off your phone. Don't forget to use our sponsors. (laughs) Yeah. No, I completely agree. I think it just gets very overwhelming to yeah. look at what other people are doing every single month and just, you know. Um, people were asking, I put a question box in. And I was like, oh, like ask us some money questions. And a lot of them were like, I don't get how people like our age buys a house or wait, how did I, did I just say that correctly? <laughs> yeah. Uh, she yeah. said like, how does anyone our age buy a house? And like other people is like, everyone's buying houses and like, I, I can't buy a house yet. So I'm glad we touched on that mm-hmm. because I feel like, earlier because I feel the like that's is, a, we don't know. Yeah. We don't <laughs> effing know, dude. Like, again, I know people make a lot of money, but sometimes I'm just like, I don't know how you bought that super nice house. It's crazy. Okay. So there were a few different questions that I thought were good about, it said like, did you have good financial influences growing up? Um, for example, me and my husband try very hard to not be like our parents were with money. And then someone else said, what lessons about money do you hope to pass on to your kids? Stuff like that. Yeah. The reason I I screenshotted those to remember is because I was thinking like, I feel like I wish that I had asked people who were where I wanted to be with money their advice sooner. I did that like, you know, when me and Leif were already married. I've had conversations with like a few people who I really admire who like financially, financial wise, where they have accumulated wealth and they have businesses. And I think they really are experienced and smart with their money. 
And I've asked them for their advice on certain things. And it's been so valuable to me. And I wish that I, I don't know, I would just like urge anyone to ask people for advice who are where you want to be. I think it's like this with anything in life, like with any subject that you're interested in, you want to get advice from someone who knows what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. So instead of like, and, and that could be in any area, whether someone, you know, has good credit and they can give you good advice, whether they have, you know, a lot of businesses and they're financially very stable and comfortable. I think it's good to ask people for their advice if they're in a position that you're, you admire. And yeah, I would just like urge you to do that. I don't know who that is for you. If it's a family member, if it's a parent, but I think that's a really good way to like get started. And because Leif and I knew nothing about credit, money, anything. Investing. When we got married, we knew nothing yeah. at all. And we didn't know anything until a few years into marriage. We started like making money. We're like, oh, what do we like? And so taxes, to do with this. Yeah. Taxes were coming out. I'm like, this is starting to get really stressful. And then we started reaching out to people being like, we really want to like do this whole thing, right? What are, what should we be doing? Mm -hmm. And we've gotten some really good advice. And I don't know. I feel like that's a good place to start. I also have some book recommendations I'll give you guys. Yeah, I was going to say, in today's day and age, luckily there's a lot of good content. Mm -hmm. Maybe Lots some not good content, but um, maybe not some trustworthy content. If you have to pay for a course sometimes, mm, you know, maybe not because it's like, pay for a course on how to be a millionaire, but that's like how they become a millionaire. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyways, but yeah, there's lots of good content out there if you don't have someone like it, you know, in immediately mind, yeah. in your life. And also I want to stress something that I have to tell myself is it's never too late. Yeah. And yes, you could have been better off if you started, you know, earlier. Like I wish I would have saved all my money from when I was a lifeguard and I was 16, but it's like, what's the point in worrying about that? And yeah. Just, you can start today. Now. You can like look at your situation right now. And that's kind of what I had to tell myself. Well, that's what I tell myself all the time is like, it's not too late. My my life is, my financial life is not over. Like it, I'm not a complete failure at this point. Like I'm still young. I've learned so much about it and I feel like I'm on the right path. So why would I have, like as soon as comparison comes in, that's when I start feeling discouraged. But when I really think I've come so far and I'm learning so much and I'm, you know, starting to take certain actions, it just can feel kind of overwhelming sometimes yes, because you can get too much content where you listen to one podcast and it's like, invest in this. And then it's like, oh, don't miss out on crypto. You could be a millionaire if you mm -hmm. like, you know, don't miss out. And then it's like, buy a house. And so you're like, okay, get good credit. You're like, oh, what am yeah, I supposed to do? It's like, very stressful and overwhelming to yeah. deal with it all at once for sure. So I think a good piece of advice that I have gotten that I've been trying to do very recently is when I do feel stressed out about money, I kind of like look at it as a full picture and pick one thing to do. So whether that's, okay, what am I going to do about my, you know, spending on Postmates or something like that? Let's just look at that right now. Okay. Maybe instead of whenever I want a Postmates, but then I decide to eat at home, I'm going to put $5 into, I have like a little like acorns thing. Mm -hmm. That's like an investment account or whatever. Very, there's a lot of apps too that can help you invest. Yeah. Just like little money. Mm -hmm. But anyways, I'm going to put $5 into my Acorns account instead. Then it kind of becomes a game and then it feels fun and exciting to me. And then that money, you know, can grow or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or if it's has to do with your credit, okay, let me take a look at all of my, you know, negative marks on my credit and let me try and fix one thing. Let me call one number, mm -hmm. try and get this remedied or 
Just start on it. Make a plan on how to pay it down, something like that. Because then you start to feel good. Then you Mm -hmm. start to feel like you can actually do it. (laughs) Like it's actually possible. Definitely. Do you want to share your um, recommendations? The books? Yeah. So I got all these straight from the Skinny Confidential. Um, It was a solo episode with Michael on finance, and these were his recommendations. I've actually not read one single one of these, but they've been on my list. So Mm -hmm. I figure I can share them with you guys again. I have not read these, so these are not my personal recommendations. I actually have not read any finance books at all, which, again, I want to. So I'm going to give you these recommendations that I got from him. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins. The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. Financial Freedom by Grant Sabatier. And Millionaire Success Habits by Dean Graziosi. Nice. I have one that I started reading that I really like that kind of focuses on your relationship with money too. And she talks about like money classrooms, but it's by Rachel Cruz. It's called Know Yourself, Know Your Money, which kind of helps you look into your past and kind of see like, okay, how did I learn about money? Did we talk about money when I was younger? Did I not, did I avoid it? How do I act now? Help, you know, money is a big part of relationships. So it kind of goes into that. It's like very It's um, interesting how it all plays a part. Like I remember when we were talking about that because you'd read the book. It's like, oh, did your parents talk about money? Mm -hmm. Did you know things were good with money? Did you know things were bad with money? It's like that all plays a part into how you deal with money now. And a lot of people had written in too about that. Like my, you know, I have a huge scarcity mindset when it comes to money because of how I grew up. I feel like when I have it, I have to hold on to it or I'm screwed and it'll never be there again. Stuff like that. Do you have any tips for how to have like more of an abundance mindset and attract money into yeah, your life. I think actually a good book for this that I read a couple years ago that I just remembered is um, You Are a Badass at Making Money by, mm-hmm. Jen, Sincero, by Jen Sincero. She wrote the You Are a Badass and then yeah. did a sequel about money. And it was super good because again, it's all about the mindset. And I feel like if my mindset's good with money, I can make good decisions. And, you know, it might not be perfect yeah. according to financial experts, but it's going to be fine, you know? Mindset so, is everything. Yeah. And she talks a lot about, again, she kind of came from a place where she's like, I lived in a crappy apartment in um, New York City. I felt like I was so late to the game. I was like in my late 30s and I'd had no money and whatever. So it's a very inspiring story. Yeah. And um, she talks about, saving and investing. And she also talks about the act of spending money and Mm -hmm. how to do that. And I feel like that actually changed a lot for me when I read that. Basically, whenever you are giving a tip or you're paying for something, if your energy surrounding it is like, oh, I really wish I didn't have to give this to you, or I'm going to be thinking about that $5 tip that I gave you that like maybe I shouldn't have, or that was too much, or it's going to stress me out, then you're giving that, that energy is deprivation mindset. But Mm -hmm. if you're giving it like a gift, like with a good intention behind it. And it feels empowering. Like I can tip you and I'm, I'm giving you this good energy basically, Mm -hmm. then that will come back to you. So I started kind of implementing that. And also when you accept money from people, because most people think it's polite to be like, if they do, someone tips you like, no, 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 I can't. Then you're kind of rejecting their gift to you. Mm Mm-hmm. She was saying when people tip you or when people pay for services, because at this time I was doing microblading and I would always feel awkward when they would pay me at the end for some reason, because it's like, I know you should be paying me, yeah. but I'm just like, oh, I forgot that you have to pay me. Thank you so much. You right, know? <laughs> right. And she was like, 
welcome it. Like be like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Just be very appreciative of it. Kind of like with compliments. It's like, Mm -hmm. if you're like, oh, stop. It's like, you're annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never complimenting you again. Yeah, definitely. When you're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And you welcome it. It's welcoming that flowing energy into your life. Definitely. And I think it's also really good. And someone actually messaged me. Well, multiple people messaged me about um, when I did post about like, oh, I don't want to, you know, be making excuses or be apologizing for how I spend my money anymore. And we're basically, they were saying like, no, like you should be unapologetic about spending your money because it's actually really good for like as, as women, especially for other women to see like basically an empowered woman taking charge charge and making her own financial decisions and not apologizing for it. Yeah. Because I feel like that is definitely a part of it is like, as a girl, you just want to be like, oh, sorry. Like, and even when you said like, oh yeah, I don't want to take your tip. Like, oh, what? Yeah. It's like, no, I deserve that. And like, if I make my own money, I can spend it how I want. Mm -hmm. I don't need to apologize or explain that to anyone, period. And it's empowering to see other women make these financial decisions. And for you to watch them, it empowers you hopefully to mm-hmm. also take charge. And like, I'm not saying you have to now build an empire. And like, if you're not a, you know, successful entrepreneur, I'm not saying that, but it's just like, it kind of gives you this little feeling of like, okay, yeah, that's it makes cool. you appreciate your dollars more mm-hmm. because you're not trying to avoid it you kind of, yeah, taking ownership of it. You're taking ownership of your bank account. You're taking ownership of the money you spend, of the money that you take in. It's like you you care for it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Because I find myself, when I notice myself in a bad pattern with money, I usually don't look at my bank account and I just Mm -hmm. hope there's money in there. I hope there's You know what I mean? It's like, I don't want to know how much I've spent. I don't want to know how much is coming in or out. I'm just like avoiding the entire thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't take ownership of my money. But when I know how, it's not like I'm checking my bank account every single day, but when it's like, I am aware of how much is coming in. I'm aware of how much I'm spending, not in a stressed way, because that's the opposite of what I usually want to do. And that's sometimes why I tend to splurge or, you know, avoid. It's because I want to be the opposite of controlling and stressed. You want to, you want to be the opposite of controlling or stressed? Yes. Wait. Okay. I want to be the opposite about stress about money. I want to be the opposite of stress of money. So you're saying you don't want to be like checking your bank account and, and checking every and little thing. And being stressed about it. Okay. Yeah, there's a difference. Then that's what I'm trying to say is like when I check my bank account and I'm in, you know, I can check it once a week, once or twice a week where it's like, okay, I'm just making sure, you know, everything's how good. much comes in on payday. Every couple of days, see how much has been going out. Make sure I catch any, you know, subscriptions that I might not have known right. that were, you know, coming out. Um, and I'm not stressed about it because I feel like if I don't want to be stressed, checking it seven times a day, yeah, feeling like every penny I lose is a failure. And do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those people that you meet that it's just like, you're stressing me out. Yes. Like, your deprivation mindset surrounding money is stressing me out. Definitely. And it's making me feel like I'm just hopeless in, in mm-hmm. the terms of, I don't know, like nothing will ever get better. Yeah. I feel like also I've been talking to Leif a lot about just how... I don't know. I don't want this to come off like, what's the word? Chuggy? No. Yeah. No, not <laughs> chuggy. Like unaware, I guess. Or what's the word of like out of touch? Mm-hmm. Out of touch. I don't want this to come off in the wrong way. So I don't know how to word this, but like, it's we'll just- We'll tell you if it's out of touch. Okay. Let me know. I just feel like anyone in this world, like anyone that I know, I always think about like, you know, people that I know, my friends and family members- I see 
the potential of the world in them. Like, I just think like anything you want to do, you really can do, you can live your dream life. Like, I really believe that. And so like, I always, because people will, will, um, say that like, even like to us are like me and you, like that our podcast and stuff, it's an unrealistic life to them. Like to live in California and to be spending money in California and to like have a job that you think is fun with your friend. It's like, oh, that's so unrealistic. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it's all your mindset. And so I always think like when Leif, I don't know, Leif and I will talk and I just think like certain people that we know, I'm like, it's just so interesting because I see them as such a capable, smart, creative, intelligent, amazing person who could make that and way more happen for themselves. I'm hoping to give inspiration, not the opposite, by saying all this. What I'm saying is like, I believe that anyone out there listening, what you don't want to do is think of these people who live a life you maybe admire and be like, oh, that's so like unrealistic. That's so out there. It's Mm -hmm. like, you need to believe that that's possible for you too, to be in a mindset, to even get even close to the life you want to live. Yeah. Because if you are constantly, oh, that is so unrealistic. I could never do that. There's like, they're lucky. And I'm not saying everyone thinks that about you and I. I'm just saying I've heard things like that from where we live. It's like, oh, the gossip. So, I've heard the tea, okay? And I'm thinking in my mind, that's so possible for you too. So to me, it makes me almost yes. sad to hear that because I'm like, well, I want you to have the life of your dreams. Like, yes, I know exactly what you're saying. And and I feel like people who do, and there will be probably people who do think that's out of touch, but it's because that specific thing might be out of touch for someone. It's like- Like living in California with your best friend. Yeah, doing a podcast. A podcast. Right. Like, yeah, that might be out of touch for you because that might not be what gives you your dream life. You know what I right, mean? Right, right, right. And I think that as well, sometimes it's like, that's the trap everyone falls into when they compare themselves. It's like, that's unrealistic- and something that I've talked about on the podcast before that that actually they talked about in the podcast episode with Rami, mm-hmm. whether it is out of touch for you or not, doesn't matter. That's not the point is whether you think it's out of touch for you, whether you think it's impossible. Yeah. yeah, that is what's, ma- that's what matters. Is the and mindset so, behind it. Exactly. Totally. Like, why not just believe you can do it? And if you don't want to do it, that's fine. But like, why not believe that you can do it? Right. And that's more, I'm glad you said that because that's more what I'm trying to get at is I know our life or, you know, isn't the dream life for everyone. I'm not saying like everyone's like, you know, pining (laughs) after my life or something. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying whatever they want to do, I genuinely want that for them. It's like, I, you know me, it's like, I am so just like obsessed with business and like wanting to like help people and coach people. Like I just want people to like live their best life. Mm -hmm. And so when I hear stuff like that, it just like pains me, especially when it's someone that I'm close to, because I'm like, what? Like you're so capable of like anything you want to do. Yeah. And I think that's easier to see from the outside, you know? Mm-hmm. And for other people, it's harder to see yeah. it with yourself. I was, I was even just talking about that with like my fertility journey. I was like, it's so interesting because when other people are struggling with getting pregnant, I am so positive for them. I'm like, oh, I, oh, it'll happen. Oh, it'll happen for sure for you. Like I am sending you good vibes. And then for me, it's like easy for me to just be like, eh, is this ever going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know? So I think totally. it's easier to be outwardly positive And that's maybe why I feel that way. But anyway. No, for sure. And I think because they talked to us in the episode, I was talking to Nick about it. And I was like, this is something that his friends were making fun of me. And I, I believe I told the story, but if you missed it, we were in Newport with all of his friends and we were sitting on the beach and like Catalina Island is out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like miles and miles away, 50 plus miles away. Okay. Yeah. 
And I'm like, I bet I could swim that. Like if I <laughs> trained, I bet I could swim all the way over there. I'm a pretty good swimmer. Did swim team, you know? And I'm like, yeah, if I, ha-. and they're like, oh my gosh, no way. Like they were so adamant, adamant that I could not do that. And the more adamant they were that I couldn't, the more I was just like, I can't. No, now. I can. You're Starts telling me if training. I yeah, if I trained every single day, if I had a boat by me that if I needed a break, I'd get on the freaking boat. Like I could find a way if I wanted to, I could do it. And I was talking to Nick about it after. I'm like, it's so weird, like the reaction I got that everyone was so mad that I thought that I could do that. Like that they were so not mad, but you know, like so like yeah. no, you could not, no, you could not. Yeah. And it's like whenever I and so I started doing that like around people to see their reactions where I'd be like, Oh, I for sure could accomplish that. And they're like, no, you couldn't. They couldn't, especially if they've done it. It's like, <laughs> no, you couldn't. Like, maybe I could if I really right, trained or if right. I really tried hard. Why wouldn't you just believe that I could do it? And why would I go my whole life th- like telling myself I can't swim there if I tried? It's like, like I'm never going to actually do it. Right. So why not believe that I can? And they were kind of saying the same thing. If I wanted to have like an abundance mindset about money, if I wanted a million dollar business, if I wanted to have this and that, I could if I wanted to. Yeah, it's not It's not that you do want to and you need to feel like, like you need to prove it. Yeah. It's like, but it's just but having that mindset of like, I can do what I put my mind to. Yeah, it's like, I don't have to do everything, but like, why not believe that I could if I tried? There's really nothing wrong with that. I, I remember, I forgot who said it, but she was, I think on the Joe Rogan podcast, she was saying something like, oh, I could be a stand-up comedian. And he was like, mm, it's really hard to be a stand-up comedian. She's like, I could probably do it. And it was kind of making him mad. And I remember even hearing that and being like, you know what, as women, we need to just be more like, I could do that. Yeah, I could. And yeah, again, you don't need to prove it, but it's like just having that mindset of abundance is going to change everything. Think that you can, not Mm -hmm. that you can't. I have two little pieces of advice, like not that I'm a financial advisor by any means, but what I'm trying to do with money that that has helped me a little bit. First is understanding that most companies create problems to sell the solutions. That's how people make money. That's why there's so many businesses and so many ideas nowadays, which is fine. But you need to think about sometimes I need to ask myself before I buy something or before I'm, you know, tricked into. I need this. I need this. Yeah. Finding an ad that I need it is asking myself if it's actually a problem for me, not just a problem in general that I actually need to fix. And Emma Chamberlain was talking to her podcast about like how we just take away all challenges in our life. And that's just not good. Like we need mm-hmm. to have a little bit of challenge because if everything's just so easy and convenient, what's the point of mm-hmm. life? And so asking myself that if I see an ad on Instagram, if I'm going to buy something, if I think I need something like a designer purse or, you know, a new, I don't know, anything. Mm-hmm. Asking myself why I want it in the first place. And then if I want it, great, I can buy it. I'm not saying you can't buy anything and that companies are all bad, but, you know, do what feels good for you, not what everyone else is telling you to do because remembering that it's all marketing. And their entire job is to make you feel a certain way that you need something. The second one is very simple, but setting short-term goals and long-term goals, like having a 10-year you know, plan in mind is great, but also just short-term goals of saving or investments. And again, you can like look into you know, other people's advice of how much you want to invest or where you want to invest or how much you want to be saving or whatever, what your budget is. But having small little things that you can actually reach will propel you forward with motivation to keep going. Yeah, empower you. Yeah, because I will sometimes get overwhelmed with, I need to have this much in my savings 
in 10 years, how the heck am I ever going to get there? But if I just think this month, how much can I have in my savings? How mm-hmm. much can I add into this? Or how much can I, you know, yeah. do this? I think it's great to set a percentage and that can change and it depends on your job for sure. Because I know for me, like, well, for both of us, our job is very up and down. It's not always consistent. Like I'll make yeah. way more money some months, the next month I'll make a third of that money. So it is inconsistent. But for me, I've always done percentages for saving. Mm -hmm. Like I'll save a certain percentage of everything I make, usually 10%, anywhere from 10 to 30 or 35% of the money I made from a brand deal or that month. And you just have to look at what works for you because Mm -hmm. some people are like, how do I save if I'm living paycheck to paycheck? And again, it's like, I'm not an expert. So you should definitely look like elsewhere for that information. But I think especially if you do have like a stable job and you can work it into your budget to be like, okay, I'm going to save 10% of my money, just like period and watch your savings grow. Even if it's, that's a small amount, it's something Mm -hmm. and it's good. It's good to save. And it's so nice to watch your money start growing. Yeah. And just be flexible. Even this year was the first, like, this is being very vulnerable because I, I, again, it's like easy to get embarrassed about your money choices, but it's Mm -hmm. like this last year, I guess. So 2021 and a little bit of 2020 Mm -hmm. was the first year we actually like put money in savings where it was like not in our checking, not like available to us immediately. Where it was like in a different place. Mm -hmm. And I was like 25 at that time. And I felt like I was so behind where I'm just like, okay, we're dummies. But also was, it was like at a time where we could actually start doing that, where it's like, yeah, it's like you were saying, we didn't, before that we weren't really in a having position. this plethora of money we could put in savings. Right. I'm like, okay, we're still trying to figure out how to freaking pay our taxes at yeah. this point. But um, it was so rewarding to see even just small amounts. And sometimes yeah. I would feel stupid for how much I had in there and how much like I was excited about having in there, you know, or how much I took out, even if it was just like $100 a week or something like that, or, or less or $10 a week, yeah. whatever it was. But to see it short term, and to feel more excited about where this could be going. It just felt good to be active about it. Yeah. And not be waiting. I think that's a really good point is just it's never too late to start. And it doesn't matter if you're 20, 30. It doesn't matter what yeah. age you are to start. A, it doesn't matter if you're 50. saving. Yeah, it really doesn't at all. It's just like start now and just start putting away any money you can. And that's going to look different for everyone. And it's just going to come down to your priorities. Like when people are saying, I don't have the money to put aside. It's like, that just comes down to you might have to cut out those little expenses then that you're, you know, if you do buy a morning coffee, it's like, then maybe you do have to cut that out. If you literally don't have yeah. any money to save then and, and use that money to save instead or whatever it is like, but if your priority is, well, I want to buy my coffee every day, then that's your priority. And yeah. that's the choice you make. And that's fine. Like you just have to, yeah, be active and be be proactive with the choices take, you're making. Take ownership of your choices, yes. for sure. And and like I said before, this was a good little hack that me and Nick started to do as well is because me and Nick are very much spenders. Like, ne- unfortunately, neither of us are like, get joy from saving in just a regular way where we sit down every month and, you know, yeah. we have to be doing stuff. It's like, it fe- it's like that dopamine hit when you spend money mm-hmm. and stuff. So we would, one morning we'd be like, let's go get, you know, a matcha and a chai or something. Yeah. Instead of that, we'd be like, actually, we should not do that. And let's just put that money into our savings. And it's yeah. like seven bucks. Like, mm-hmm. And it still feels like you spent the money because mm-hmm. it's, it leaves your bank account. But it's a more fun way to do it. And it feels like you're doing it every day and not just like some boring old accountant, you know? Right. Definitely. So, this is a long episode. Yeah. We're chatty Cathy's today. And I feel like I could keep going. Yeah, I was going to say, gonna let's keep there. going. I'm sweating. 
You're sweating. We need to open the windows. <laughs> Just a subtle hit. I'm like, yeah, let's keep going. I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable and warm. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I have so many more thoughts, but I feel like maybe we can talk about this on like a advice episode if someone writes in about money. We can give more thoughts and stuff, but hope that was of any help or something to you Even guys. Even if it just made you feel a little more normal about your yeah money habits. Definitely. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast, for all the support. Make sure to go follow our Instagram. It's at what we said podcast. Lots of fun stuff. Guys, our Halloween episode is coming out soon. Oh, I'm so excited for fall. I bought my first fall candle today, by the way, Chelsea. You have to smell it. Really? Yes. I know. I love it. Oh, I told you this, but I bought pine cones that have like fall smell. Oh, so good. Um, Just a reminder that you guys can click our link to check out all the incredible content on HBO Max at hbom.ax slash what we said. Again, that is hbom.ax slash what we said. Visit now and sign up for HBO Max to start streaming Emmy-nominated titles and so much more. Again, thank you guys for listening. We love you. And that's that's what what we said. said. Bye-bye. 